welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Very special edition today. <laughs> I'm speaking in my serious voice because we're doing a Choose Your Own Adventure book. And Eric Moody, congratulations. You've been volunteered as tribute to take part. <laughs> I like that as tribute. That's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, we didn't ask. <laughs> Uh, are you ready, man? Like we can jump right into this. Set the mood. Uh, get in. Did you you read these as a kid? Right, everyone did. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once you kind of shared the idea with me, it made me feel all nostalgic. So absolutely. Well, good. There might be some themes that sound familiar. So uh, get ready. Strap in. You want to do the ceremonious opening of the cover? Yeah, there we go. Hey, I got the cover open. Looks like a pretty cool cover. You know, lots of uh, you know cartoon animation. Look, looks very high quality. Yeah, I'm good to go. Let's dive in. All right, here we go. This is called Pick Number Seven. You wake up. You're in a dark room at a desk. You can't remember how you got there, where you were before. In front of you is a computer. You click the space bar and the screen lights up. You're in a fantasy football draft. You look to the chat room to see if you recognize any names, but they're all people you've never heard of. Frank S., Vlad D., Haley N., Romolo S., and A. Snowman. An instant message pops up on your screen. Thanks for doing this draft for me, it says. The briefcase to your right is for you. Remember, you only get the $15,000 if I love the team once you're done. Otherwise, you get injected with the experimental serum that I invented, which causes you to scream, I farted, every time you fart, and sometimes even when you don't. Good luck! The pop-up disappears. To your right is the briefcase, open, full of those stacks of cash that are wrapped with the white paper thing around it. Very dramatic, you think, as you look at the screen again. You have the seventh pick. You glance at the chat room. They're making inside jokes. Three minutes until the draft begins. Time for your first choice. Do you say hello to him? Uh, I would say hello. Ab- absolutely. You, you've got to say hello and interact with people, even though they do have questionable names. You've chosen to say hello. You figure by saying hello, you'll at least see the name attached to your message. What you didn't realize is that the keyboard was booby-trapped, and by hitting the H key along with shift, you release a poisonous gas into the room. You gasp for breath as a green haze fills the room, and watch as the rest of the room says hello. Back to Derek Fee. Sorry, Moody, you're dead. That was a quick episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right, man. As you know, obviously, as a choose your own adventure, we're going to go back. <laughs> we'll go back to the choice. You have the seventh pick. You glance at the chat room. They're making inside jokes. Three minutes until the draft begins. Do you say hello to everyone? My choices go around. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not going to say hello because uh, I'm focused on the draft and I'm, I'm ready to make it happen. You don't say hello. You figure clandestine is the way to go here. You hate chat rooms anyway. You have three minutes and six picks to set a queue and get yourself that briefcase. You scroll through the players and start dragging your favorites down. Then it hits you as the first two picks go off the board. Is this PPR? You scramble to the settings page and see it is, in fact, PPR. There are 12 teams. You get six points per passing touchdown. You start three wide receivers. There's one flex but it isn't a super flex. Everything else seems normal. You go back to the draft room and it's already on the sixth pick. Time to get your draft finger ready. So far, it's been Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, and Derrick Henry just goes off the board. You're on the clock. Time to make another choice. Who do you pick? Oh, wow. The stakes are high on this. You know, the clock's ticking. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, I really wanted Michael Thomas there. You know, but he's gone. And then they also said Dalvin Cook and also Derrick Henry. So I'm going to have to go. I'm thinking like Devontae Adams. You think about this guy. I'm like, he's been fantastic over the last four seasons. 
you know, 9.4 targets, six receptions, 75 receiving yards, and 101 air yards. I think I'm going to go with Devontae Adams here. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the button on that. All right. You select Devontae Adams. A message pops up on the screen. Awesome pick, man. Love it. I thought we were going to get Henry, but we got sniped. I'll take care of that. You look to the draft room and see that suddenly Team 6 has gone on to auto-draft. Can't wait to see who we get next round. A second message pops up. Who are you thinking about for the next pick? So I'm thinking I started off with Devontae Adams. So I'm thinking about round two. Thinking about players coming off the board. I, I, I believe we're going to be in a scenario like in the second round where I mean, we could possibly be looking at like Miles Sanders, Allen Robinson, maybe even Chris Godwin. I'd love to land one of those two guys, but I'm curious. Who are the other players that are coming off the clock? But here we go. More players go off the board. Three picks until we're up two, one, and now we're up. The 18th pick overall of the draft. Your best available according to average draft position are Austin Eckler, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Godwin, Lamar Jackson, and George Kittle. Eric Moody, you are now on the clock. Who's your second pick? Chris Godwin. He will pair very nicely with uh, Devontae Adams. Now he's in a great situation in Tampa Bay. He's catching passes from the GOAT. And if you don't know who the GOAT is, you know, that's Tom Brady, who's leaned heavily on slot receivers. If he can get the production out of Julian Edelman, he can definitely get production out of Chris Godwin, who's athletically more gifted than Edelman and has been very productive in a short career. Chris Godwin is the selection, Nando. All right. Almost immediately, we get another message on the screen. All in caps. Love it, bro. Love it. This is why you're here. I have a feeling you'll be farting in silence the rest of your life, man. So far, you have Devontae <laughs> Adams and Chris Godwin. Another message pops up. Hey, man, I don't mean to be annoying, but what are we thinking for the next pick? Do we have a strategy? Is this going to be a running back, a tight end, a quarterback? Is, is there a way we're going to go with this that you have in mind here? You answer. You know, I was actually thinking like another wide receiver. That's what I was thinking. But it really comes down to who's on the board. We, we obviously want to want to pivot, you know, based on... Uh, the draft selections before we're on the clock. So can you give me a little bit more insight into who's available? Uh, the next pick's off the board after our pick. Everyone we mentioned who was available is now gone, including Austin Eckler, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Lamar Jackson, George Kittle. The best available players, according to ADP, are James Conner, Odell Beckham Jr., Jonathan Taylor, Le'Veon Bell, DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chris Carson. Decisions, decisions, right? Life or death situations there. Uh, I know that the stakes the stakes are uh, ridiculously high. So I'm going to go with my instinct, you know, my intuition here. And I'm actually leaning towards uh, James Conner. So I just want to take everyone into my mad scientist mind here with what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that James Conner is really undervalued. You know, there are some concerns like with his injury, you know, history. He's had a great offseason. I know he posts a lot on Instagram and Twitter, him doing different athletic feats, which, by the way, those videos uh, annoy the heck out of me. But with Connor, I'm like, this is a guy that's averaged 19.2 opportunities and 18.8 fantasy points per game with positive fantasy points over expectation. So I believe James Connor is the selection here. All right. Uh, you get a message immediately. Why not Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, you know, with, with Odell Beckham, I'm like, he's in a great position, you know, to bounce back. I'm like, you look at his statistical body of work. 
with what he was able to do with Eli Manning. I know last year he was injured, but given the state of our team, I'm like, we've got two very good wide receivers. You know, we've got uh, Devontae Adams. We've got Chris Godwin. I believe we need to have a bell cow back uh, who's getting a ton of opportunities, who has a history of production. That's why we have to go with James Conner there. Chris Carson was also another option, but I feel really good about James Conner this year. Get another IM from your mystery man. You would like to know, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? Were we afraid of him because he's a rookie? Well, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you know, that's that's an intriguing name. And he's been blowing Twitter up quite a bit uh, this offseason. So that that guy is a is a beast. You know, three straight seasons of 2,000 or more total yards in college. And he even averaged an inconceivable 4.2 yards after contact per attempt during his career at Wisconsin. But with that being said, you've got another young back on the roster, Marlon Mack, who is not going away, who will end up getting touches in this backfield. And so I'm really looking for a bell cow, someone that has a stranglehold on the opportunities and touches, et cetera. And Jonathan Taylor is not that guy. And he is too rich for my blood at his current ADP. That's my response. He sends you back another IM. <laughs> is Jonathan Taylor someone who's going about a round or two too early? Question mark. Uh, I do believe that Jonathan Taylor, as I type away, is going a round or two early, in my opinion. With that being said, all drafts take on uh, kind of its own you know, kind of world, of, you know, of its own. So if he is available a round or two later, I'd be much more open to uh, targeting him and selecting him in a fantasy draft. You have another question from your mystery man. He wants to know that if you would have gone with Derek Henry in the first round and then still gone Godwin in the second, would that have changed your strategy in the third? Oh, that's another intriguing question. I know this, this mystery, this mystery person almost reminds me of like a, like a toddler, you know, why? What questions? Uh, what, what's next? Why'd you make that decision? But you know, with that being said, hey, I'm a nice guy. So, well, I think he. Res- I think this mystery man respects your your brain. <laughs> it's like, of course, of course. So, uh, yeah. Well, Derrick Henry. Now, you start off with a guy like Derrick Henry in, in the first round. Uh, should have a stranglehold on opportunities in that backfield. Although many would like to see him be used more uh, as a receiver uh, out of the backfield. But you look at his workload last year. It's it's tough to kind of not take advantage of that if he's available like in a draft. Uh, plus, he's a beast when it comes to like broken tackles and yards after contact. Uh, I know he led the running back position with 47 broken tackles and had the second most yards after contact, uh, according to uh, Sports Info Solutions. So if we would have gone hypothetically with Henry, then going into this round, I believe, you know, I, I still would have leaned towards Connor. Because you could still start off with having like Henry as your running back one and then having Connor as your running back two. And just given the kind of the supply and demand of different positions that are out there, wide receivers, you know, running backs. I'm like, there's a lot of wide receivers available late in the draft where we could replicate like wide receiver one production by essentially streaming the position. So to bring in all that together, that's that's my thought process there. You got another IM. Dude, what are you doing? You're on the clock. <laughs> We've been talking for too long. <laughs> Here are the best available according to ADP. Uh, Meanwhile, in the background, you're hearing tires screeching and what you think might be a car crashing into a light pole. You hear a roar. You think maybe, maybe you shrug. You're imagining things because it's a very weird situation. But right now, you're on the clock. And the best available according to ADP are Tyler Lockett, Kareem Hunt, 
Cam Akers, Zach Ertz, DeAndre Swift, Keenan Allen, Dak Prescott, Ronald Jones, Devontae Parker, Marquise Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Kyler Murray. I know there's a lot there, but I figured we'd read a bunch because by the time you get to the fourth round, you start getting into your likes and getting away from chalk a little bit. So Lockett, Hunt, Akers, Ertz, Swift, Allen, Prescott, Ronald Jones, Devontae Parker, Hollywood Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Kyler Murray. Eric Moody, what's your pick? My first instinct was Zach Ertz. You know, being able to to get a tight end, you know, like Ertz, who is part of a, a very productive offense, you know, that does lean heavily, uh, you know, on the tight end position. And I, and I believe he, he's, he is one tight end that's getting like undervalued in a way because you've got, of course, everyone is on to Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle. You know, you look at their statistical body of work, you know, they have been fantasy dynamos. But when you look at a guy like Ertz, I'm like, he, he's getting it done. You know, he's not not flashy per se, but I'm like, if you look at a guy like Ertz from a fantasy lens, like over his last 31 games in PPR, he's averaged, you know, 16 points uh, per game. He's finished as a tight end one in nearly 70% of his games. And so it's great to to identify a player like that in a draft who's readily available. We're obviously on the clock. We're going to get him. But to be able to solidify that tight end position, because whenever you get out of that top tier, I want to say that that tight end wasteland is as desolate uh, as the wasteland in Mad Max. So we're going with Ertz here. Uh, you get a, you get an IM immediately from the guy. He's got a lot of questions. He's one of those guys who just asks and asks. Ronald Jones, did he not interest you at all because you already have a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Or do we just not like Ronald Jones because we're hearing some good stuff from Bruce Arians? I don't have an issue, you know, with Ronald Jones as a player. I do have an issue with his ADP because when you look at that backfield, and we're gonna we're going to take LaShawn McCoy out of the equation. I believe that he was brought in to mentor Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn, and he will see touches only in an emergency. So I would rather take the cheaper player. Ronald Jones is obviously available now. I would rather wait to get Keyshawn Vaughn because I do believe that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to have better vibes with Tom Brady just due to his ability to pass protect uh, in college. And uh, he's a very capable receiver out of the backfield. So I would rather go with the cheaper guy, which Keyshawn Vaughn, I believe, will be available later in the draft. So that's my response. Enter. Now we get another IM. Uh, sorry, man. Got a lot of questions today. If Zach Ertz was gone, would you have targeted another tight end in the next couple of rounds or would you have waited until one just fits for you? How, how would you have played that situation? Yeah, if Zach Ertz was not available, you know, as a type of way, I would just rather wait on the position. You know, there's a, a lot of very viable tight end one candidates available, like in the double digit rounds of drafts. I'd rather not you know, use a valuable draft pick on the Tyler Higbees or the Evan Ingrams uh, of the world. Uh, as I always say, you know, hope is not a strategy. So outside of Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, I just rather wait on the position just to target uh, one of those breakout tight ends in the double digit rounds. You get another IM. Eric, I read your wide receiver tiers article on The Athletic today. It was excellent. Very deep. Wonderful. Five stars. I gave it the awesome click. Oh, okay. I was I was waiting for more, but that's it. Yeah, my apologies there. <laughs> more praise? I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. A second IM shows up. Oh my God, Eric, you are the greatest. How did I ever live my life without you <laughs> giving me fantasy advice? 
How could I be more like you, sir? Well, well, and and I'll type away. I am a very humble individual. I, I like to work hard and let my body of work speak for itself. Do appreciate the uh, the kind comments. So. Uh, yeah, and do and do check out as I type away the uh, the white receiver tears uh, article very in depth. I'll use my my tagline. It's more than seven thousand words of statistical goodness to help you in your drafts uh, when you're looking at the wide receiver position. Uh, enter. Well, now there's a there's a flicker on the screen. <laughs> uh, you're looking at you. You think it's an ad, uh, and it is, but it's an ad for Ernest. And they're sponsoring a fantasy football show that isn't a choose-your-own-adventure format. So you sit back and listen, as the man says. Interest rates have hit record lows, which means it's a great time to refinance your student loans and see if you can lower your monthly payment. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with Earnest. Even if you've refinanced before with today's low-rate environment, most people could save by refinancing again. Checking your new rate is fast and easy. To start, complete a few questions online and it only takes two minutes. Then you get a personalized rate estimate without affecting your credit score. Want to change your monthly payment? Combine many loans into one easy payment or get a better rate? Earnest makes it easy. Plus, there's no origination fee or any other fees. Plus, the internet loves Earnest customer service. They're rated 9.4 out of 10 on Trustpilot. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance a student loan with earnest.com slash throwback. Once again, you get $100 cash bonus when you refinance your student loan at earnest.com slash throwback. Not available in all states. Visit earnest.com slash throwback for more details. Terms and conditions apply. You got another IM. The screen flickers back to normalcy. One more question, bro. Why not Keenan Allen? I'm asking for another draft I have to do next week, much less at stake than this one. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, as a type of way, I'm like Keenan Allen, you know, he'll be catching passes from Tyrod Taylor this season. I think this is, is going to lead a, a lot of fantasy players to kind of shy away or stiff arm Keenan Allen away. I'm like, this is a guy that, that has ranked in the top seven for target share over the last three seasons, but I just rather go with another player or receiver who has more upside. And if Keenan Allen happens to be available a round or two later, if it's in the realm of possibilities, I think he'll be a viable target. Is, is Keenan Allen's upside, like maybe you could be like, why didn't I take him in the third round? Geez, I should have seen this coming. Or is his upside kind of what we know and limited by Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I just believe it's, it's limited uh, by Tyrod Taylor uh, because he had a really good rapport with uh, with Philip Rivers. And, you know, let's be transparent, you know, Philip Rivers is a better passer, you know, than Tyrod Taylor. So I just see them not throwing, obviously, as much, leaning more on Eckler in the running game. Uh, but it's it's tough to, to, to shy away from Allen because he's averaged a little bit over nine targets, a little bit over six receptions, 79 receiving yards, and 85 air yards per game over the last three seasons with Phillip Rivers. Uh, so I just kind of lean more towards his, his ceiling being a bit lower due to the offense and Tyrod Taylor. Weird stuff's about to happen. <laughs> weirder, weirder stuff. Uh, you pause as you hear screams from what must be inside downstairs and the pounding of hurried but incredibly heavy steps coming up to the room. They've come to save me, you think. The door bashes open, splintering into a thousand little pieces like in the movies. You saved me, you shout. But as a figure comes close, you realize it isn't the SWAT team. You're now face to face with what appears to be a Yeti, commonly known as the Abominable Snowman. He lunges for you, everything goes dark, and your last thought as you fade into a peaceful state is... Please don't auto-draft a quarterback. 
but you aren't dead. You wake up at another desk. It's cold. Are you in a cave? Your head hurts, but you're otherwise okay. I'm sorry I didn't mean to scare you, the Yeti says in a surprisingly clear, deep, but grizzled voice, but I need you to draft my team for me. He puts a glass of whiskey on the table next to you. Hope you like Pappy, he says with a wink that is a little awkward and incredibly unnerving, but you just go with it. You're now more confused than ever. How did the Yeti even know where you were or what you were doing? I'm in the draft, he explains. I saw the team you were putting together for Mr. X and knew it wasn't him because he didn't say hello to all of us. I need you to help me fix this team. He can't win. The fate of the world depends on that. The Yeti motions at his laptop. You take a look. He had the number three pick. Oh man, that was a snowman. You thought it was just a dated drug reference. Here's his roster through four rounds. Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Jackson, Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup. How bad is this team so far? You know, let's go each player, player by player. Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I mean, that's that's chalk first round, right? Number three overall pick. Uh, yeah, yeah. You you've got to take uh, you got to take Zeke there, just considering his workload. You know that the uh, Cowboys have given him, uh, like in his career. I'm like he's had you know 56 career games. You know he's been on the field 82 percent of the offensive snaps and has averaged a little bit over 25 opportunities per game. You got to take him there. Starting to get my senses back, you know that that Yeti he kind of rocked me a little bit, just like LT in his prime. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know it's <laughs> you didn't know that was coming. I'm sorry, I should have warned you. The book should have warned you. That's okay. That's okay. Yo, what's the next player? Let's get it. Let's get after this. Second round, the Yeti took Lamar Jackson. Yeah, one thing with Lamar Jackson, I'm like he uh, he was a league winner. Last season, obviously, everyone knows his story, you know, his statistical production. It's just I'd rather try to target the the discount. Uh, I would say the discount uh, Lamar Jackson uh, a little bit later if you do want to take a quarterback earlier. So I'm not a big fan of the Yeti's pick there. So if you want to target someone that has rushing upside and, you know, and can uh, damage and attack defenses as a passer, Kyler Murray is a less expensive option, you know, who does have overall QB1 upside in a second season. Or you could you could wait a little bit longer, perhaps, and target someone like Josh Allen, who's still another ascending quarterback. So that's my take on that pick. Who was the th- a third round selection? Well, by the way, just want to point out that the draft is on pause. Uh, well, we, well, everyone figures out what happened to Team 7. So, uh, so do no rush. Oh, okay. Don't feel rushed. Okay. <laughs> Don't, the Yeti's not going to spring a pick on you. Okay. All right. He's goodwill, goodwill Yeti. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Yeti. Thank you. In the, third, in the third round, the Yeti took Melvin Gordon. I actually do like uh, do like Melvin Gordon. Uh, I would prefer to get him obviously outside of the uh, outside of the third round. But uh, one thing, like with um, with Melvin Gordon, he's in a great uh, situation. Uh, with the Broncos, you know, with a great, you know, offensive um, offensive mind in uh, Pat Shermer, great offensive line coach too, in uh, Mike Munchak. And one thing with Gordon, uh, he may not have earned like that lucrative long term deal like he wanted uh, from the Chargers after holding out last season. Everyone knows that was a disaster. But I'm like, the guy has paid dividends for fantasy players over the years. I'm like, he's averaged, I believe, you know, it's kind of going off the top of my head here a little bit. And this may be half PPR and not PPR stats, but like a little bit over 17 fantasy points per game since 2016. Uh, it's a pretty good recall, even if you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, uh, I just, you know, all the, the content and words, you know, that I write, uh, just some of these things kind of stay with me. And I believe he's finished like as an RB2 or better in uh, 85% of his games 
uh, over his last uh, 53 active games, I'll say, to kind of tie all that together. Uh, but the point is, I'm like, he has a skill set of a three-down back. I'm like, he can run between the tackles and be used as a receiver out of the backfield. I'm like, his injury history is a concern, and he'll be part of a committee with uh, Philip uh, Lindsay. But the good news is, is that, you know, their offensive coordinator, you know, has publicly stated, I'm like, he plans on using both backs uh, as part of a committee. So I think realistically, with a guy like Gordon, I'm like, he could see, I think like at a, like on the low end, we're looking at like 250 touches, but on the high end, we're looking at 275. So I think he's a legitimate, you know, high end RB2. You know, he'll definitely have some RB1 weeks. So I, I really do, I really do like that pick uh, with, with Gordon. Are you just being nice because you're afraid of the Yeti or you actually, you like Melvin Gordon? It's, is So Melvin Gordon's uh, NFFC ADP is 28.62, mm-hmm. which puts him, you know, right at the top of the third round, I yeah. guess. Uh, so, so you're okay with this then? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. Just given uh, how uh, someone wants to build uh, build their team, uh, but I would I would love to be able to target him like in the kind of the late third or the fourth round. I've seen him go that late in some drafts. I do like him a little bit later, but I, I do like the opportunity he has uh, in Denver with that ascending offense. And how about the fourth round pick, Cooper Cup? Oh, Mr. Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm not not too uh, not too excited about uh, Cooper Cup uh, you know, this year. Uh, I would say for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, everyone knows about uh, Robert Woods, you know, with what uh, what he's been able to do. He's criminally underrated, and I know we we've talked about him in the past. Uh, one thing with Cooper Cup that that concerns me is a legitimate concern is how you know, his fantasy production dipped like during the Rams like final eight games. If you look at like season long numbers and say his number of points per game and you know, his overall fantasy production, you're like, hey, Cooper Cup didn't have like a bad season. But if you just isolate those final eight games, I'm like, he only played, you know, 74 percent of the team's offensive snaps and his targets did dip. He only averaged like six targets per game. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk this offseason about the Rams, like kind of personnel use. You know, they used uh, less 11 personnel late last season, prioritized the running game. I'm like, if this trend continues, when you look at a player like Cup at his ADP, I'm like, it's going to be difficult for him to outperform that. So that that's one player that I'm generally like avoiding in drafts unless he dips significantly with his ADP. So looking at those four, Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Jackson, Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup, give us a grade. And is this fixable? Yeah, and, and and I would look at it like for for grade wise, I would I would still give it a uh, I would still give it a B. You know, I, I right. believe it's a solid B because and that and that's another thing with all these like gra- uh, draft grades and and people like analyzing teams is that and I'm like there, there's always opportunity and chaos and there's always players that like surprise us uh, when you kind of look at things at the end of the year and so. I do like how the team was assembled. The picks make sense when you look at ADP and getting kind of players at the top of their tier, uh, you know, from that lens. Uh, it's just one thing I would change is I just rather take a quarterback a little bit later uh, in drafts, you know, because you always have quarterbacks that kind of joined the QB one ranks that were essentially free in drafts. And there's a number of viable candidates this year that can make that jump. All right, we're back. You look at the clock. He has pick number three. It's only on pick eight before the end of the round turn. So we're going to set a cue, get us ready to go, but we're also thirsty. Do you drink the glass of what the abominable snowman says is Pappy Van Winkle? Your choice, Eric Moody. (laughs) 
do I have a choice to like sniff it first to make sure it's whiskey? <laughs> I'm sorry, the book only has you drink it, you don't drink it. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. You're going to have to take the Yeti uh, who may or may not have saved you for his word. Well, you know, just given the circumstances that I'm finding myself in, I'm drafting a fantasy football team in a cave, you know, surrounded by a Yeti, and I'm still undecided if it's the Yeti from the Abominable movie, uh, which if it was that Yeti, that would be pretty cool because he seemed like he was uh, kind of harmless and friendly. Or it could be the Yeti from horror movies that with one swipe can take my head clean off. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and drink the beverage, uh, Nando. That's that's my choice. All right. You've chosen to drink the beverage. It is delicious, and you aren't even a whiskey guy. So you finish it off, and he notices uh, that you enjoyed it. Good, right? He asks, I have a case. Let me get you a bottle. As he rummages through a stack of boxes, you continue to set the cue. So what do you think we should do, he asks, from the other side of the room, slash cave. You answer, the first thing we need to attack is, just for review for people playing along at home, there's one quarterback uh, in Lamar Jackson, two running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, and a wide receiver in Cooper Cup. It's a three-wide receiver, 12-team, six-point-per-touchdown league. My uh, my initial thought and instincts are, are telling me that we need to attack the wide receiver position with enthusiasm unknown to humankind. That's what we need to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Do it. Uh, so your pick is creeping up. Here's who's left on the board. Uh, for your fifth-round pick, there's Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, uh, Marquise Brown again, still. T.Y. Hilton's still there. Stephen Diggs, Russell Wilson. Uh, we, I mean, we already got a quarterback. We're not going to need that. It's not a super flex. J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Michael Gallup. So we need to uh, prioritize receiver at this point. So I know you mentioned D.J. Shark, you know, Cortland Sutton. Now, one, one name that did kind of strike out to me. Uh, which would be an intriguing like pickup, uh, would end up being Cortland Sutton. We're kind of going Broncos here. We got Melvin Gordon. We we get Cortland Sutton too. So we, in a way, we kind of have a stranglehold on, I think, where a high percentage of touchdowns will come from. One thing that makes sort, uh, Sutton, I was about to say Sortland, wow, Cortland Sutton <laughs> – it must be. It must be the beverage, Nando. It must be the beverage. It's got to be. It's a pat. He's he's pouring you another glass. Yeah, I know. So you gotta 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 keep it together here, of course, in our uh, adventure. So with Cortland Sutton um, last season, you know, he averaged eight targets, you know, four and a half receptions, nearly seventy receiving yards, and eighty-eight air yards per game last season. One thing that you have to think about if you're just looking at his statistical production is that I mean, he was able to thrive catching balls from three different quarterbacks. Joe Flacco made starts, Brandon Allen, Andrew Locke. They were all under center for the Broncos. So one thing that's intriguing, like if you look at pro football focus and in other sites that have a similar metric is that all three had combined for a passer rating of 104.7 when targeting Sutton. I believe Sutton's a really nice value. And for us at this stage of the draft with, you know, team Yeti or whatever we're going to call it here is that, I think we're getting a um, a receiver that has potential to outperform his uh, ADP. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. the The team name is Yeti Bridgewater. Yeti. Okay, that that's very yeah. nifty. Yeti Bridgewater. I like that. That's good. That's good. We we want to see a lot of teams that are called Yeti Bridgewater out there. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> the official team name. There, there you the go. Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Love it. Love it. Yeti Bridgewater. One thing. One thing with Sutton that uh, that's concerning a lot of people is that, you know, the Broncos, they selected Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler in this year's draft. 
Uh, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum because I believe that's a great thing for Sutton. Like if you look at uh, a lot of different strength of schedule metrics and things that are out there, I know four for four has a really good one called, um, you know, schedule adjusted fantasy points. And the Broncos do have the seventh most difficult schedule uh, when you look at the wide receiver position. So Sutton's going to have his fair share of stout, you know, number one cornerbacks. Uh, but I do believe like the additions of Jerry Judy and Hamler are going to at least help shift some of the defensive attention like away from him. And uh, that's a good thing because that offense is going to be able to attack like defenses on all levels at, at wide receiver, also at, uh, you know, a tight end with Noah Fant. And so I think all these things are great things for Sutton. And so he'll be a nice compliment to add with uh, Cooper Cup there. So that's my take. And that's my selection. Go Team Yeti or Yeti Bridgewater. <laughs> Yeti's got a question. He says, I know you mentioned it, but uh, we actually don't need to worry about Melvin Gordon and Cortland Sutton being on the same team on our same team, correct? Yeah, you do not have to worry about that. I'd, I'd be perfectly okay. fine and uh, been redraft with, uh, with, that, with that stack. Uh, I think overall, like the Broncos offense is, uh, is positioned for success. They've got a, a great play caller and Pat Shermer there. And I do believe that offense will surprise uh, a lot of people. And if you look at look at the team from a fantasy perspective, like all of their key players are relatively inexpensive from an ADP lens. Yeti has another question. Uh, say Cortland Sutton was gone, and let's say the next two available, next three available, best in terms of ADP. Maybe not your best, but uh, we assume we would. This is a very long question. He has. We assume we would be going for a wide receiver. Uh, so Ty Hilton was would have still been there. Stefan Diggs would have still been there. And uh, Michael Gallup would have still been there. Would any of those three have been a suitable replacement if Cortland Sutton was gone, or would we have looked elsewhere? And if if so, rank them, please. Yeah, I would say one name, and I'll, I'll kind of I'll speak to him first, and then I'll uh, I'll rank them for the Yeti. Anything for you, Yeti? Just don't gall my head off. <laughs> he says, "How dare you, Eric? I'm a vegetarian." <laughs> So like with T.Y. Hilton is a name that's uh, that's very like intriguing. Um, I know he struggled with injuries last season. Uh, he was catching footballs from Jacoby Brissett uh, after they were basically scrambling due to Andrew Luck's uh, sudden retirement. So I'm like Hilton had a, a down year, like statistically and also just with number number of snaps played, you know, due to his injuries. Uh, but you think back, remember, we don't want to necessarily just uh, always drive down the road looking through the rearview mirror and not looking straight ahead. So I think if you do look through the rearview mirror in this scenario, you got to go back to Hilton's career. I'm like, this is a receiver that's average, you know, eight targets, nearly five receptions, 75 receiving yards and 100 air yards per game from 2012 to 2018. Now he gets Philip Rivers, you know, who's definitely not shy about uh, throwing the football aggressively downfield. And so I know that Hilton is getting older. I believe like this sometime during the season, he'll turn uh, 31. I think he's someone that's being overlooked in drafts. And there is a history if you look at wide receiver breakouts, production, et cetera, for wide receivers at age 30 or 31. I think it helps those receivers, too, when they've broken out earlier in their career to keep doing it. But when you have Philip Rivers being reunited uh, with Frank Reich and you've got T.Y. Hilton positioned to be the number one guy and a veteran at, at that. So it's not going to take long for him to develop a rapport with Rivers. A guy like Hilton could easily finish as a, like a high end wide receiver, two, in my opinion, in 2020. Uh, it may be tough for him to finish as a wide receiver one, but I, I do believe like a, 
like a top 15 finish is in the realm of possibilities for him. Now, uh, the Yeti did ask about ranking, right? Well, it was Hilton, it was Diggs, and it was Michael Gallup. But if you'd like to throw DJ Shark in there, feel free. Yeah, so I would say out of that group, just given how this team is being built, uh, definitely T.Y. Hilton. Uh, then you go with Diggs and then Michael Gallup. Uh, one thing like of Diggs that, that's important you know, to make note of is that I'm like, you know, he's been, you know, he's been pounding the door or wall, whatever you want to call it, uh, to be, you know, the number one receiver of a team. And so I'm like, he's been vocal in the media. And so one thing that's intriguing is that the Bills are like, all right, you want to be the guy. Uh, let's make you the guy. We're going to trade for you. And, you know, they gave up a lot to get dig. So he's going to get those targets. So you pair him with a guy like Josh Allen, who's an ascending you know, quarterback. He's going to continue to get better, you know, from one offseason to the next. And you pair those two together. Because one thing that I always that always enters my mind with a player like Diggs is that I'm like, he finished last season, like with the third most targets of 20 or more yards. It was twenty nine. And he's averaging 15.2 air yards per target. And so I think that that pairing of Diggs and Josh Allen, I think will be a match that's ultimately made like in fantasy football heaven uh, for this year. And so um, that's why I would have Diggs second and then Gallup. One thing that could help Gallup uh, rise to that next level is if, you know, something happens to Amari Cooper. Uh, for where sure you know he ends up getting injured or, or missing games where he has a chance to kind of be that that number one guy but then you've got cd lamb that's there too they've got a ton of vacated targets i know that that stat has been pounded to death uh but you're looking at a wide receiver group for where i think balls will be distributed you know fairly evenly so that's why i would have him ranked below digs abominable snowman says he likes this a lot likes how it's looking already let's let's do it do it we're going into the sixth round we have a, a balanced team here, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So here we go. Sixth round. Uh, Snowman just wants to know, is there anything now that, w- that we're looking at? Do we have a need, like a glaring need, or are we just going to keep taking the best available player? Yeah, I think the best approach here is just let's just take the, the best available player, let's leverage our tiers, and pivot uh, based on what the other players in the league are doing. Let's do that. All right. And he also says, uh, Eric, I know you've, you've done a lot of stuff with you know, here's what each pick can kind of look like in all these rounds. In the perfect world of a third round pick, are we doing okay? Are we are we getting some players you like? No, absolutely. Yeah, for a third round pick, I'm like you got a bell cow, uh, you know, and Zeke. I'm like you've got you know the number one you know fantasy quarterback that's there uh, who could who's in a great position to kind of replicate the feats that he accomplished in uh, 2019. Uh, you know, we got Melvin Gordon, we got Cortland Sutton. Not overly excited about the Cooper Cup pick, but I'm like Cooper Cup can still be productive. So solid team. All right, and uh, so three is, is still kind of close to the the turn, uh, where you can kind of sort of do a little damage at once. It's not exactly the same as the one or the twelve, mm-hmm. but coming around here on the six uh, to the seven, it's another one of those bang bang. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any kind of strategy you want to have? You know, these middle rounds as we get to those bang bang spots where you can kind of grab two of the same position or make some noise somewhere else or possibly start a run. Uh, Yeti wants to know if you've ever played that way or if you just kind of treat it like maybe you have 10 picks between these two and not do anything too fancy. Yeah. It's uh it's one of those scenarios for where depending on how the draft goes, I, whenever I'm drafting, I, I like to look at like the teams constantly that are being built like around me. 
to try to kind of project in my mind what choices they're going to make. And so I'm all about, you know, trying to start, you know, some opposition runs because of the supply and demand of really viable kind of running backs are available. And you want to look at like the overall consensus of, you know, who are the quote unquote, the top backs and the top receivers. And then you could create a run, but there's always some opportunity that'll end up falling to you in some of the later rounds. So I'm, I'm totally on board, you know, with that strategy. You just want to take the best player available. But if you're like bang, bang, you know, two additional running backs or two wide receivers, that's fine, too. There's always going to be value at different points of the draft because it's all about a a person's perception of value. All right. Well, here we go. Here's who's available for your sixth round pick for the Yeti for for Yeti Bridgewater. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ronald Jones has fallen and he's still available. Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller. Jarvis Landry, James White, Deontay Johnson, Julian Edelman, among the best available. And since we don't have a tight end on this team, uh, throwing Tyler Higby too. He's he's the next tight end that's available on this list. So you got some choice. There's some. I mean, if you want to go a little deeper, if you want to dig deeper, uh, we can tell you who's also still there. Evan Ingram's still there. Tariq Cohen, uh, Marlon Mack, Marvin Jones. There are a lot of there are a lot of names we can go deeper if you'd like. If none of these appeal to you, but. That's by ADP. That's who's available. Yeah, I would say uh, one one name that's um, kind of screaming out to me as as you went through those names is uh, like AJ Green. All right, and it, for a couple of different reasons, I know he's been he's been injured. You know, he's missed a you know a ton of games over the last uh, two seasons. But when you look at what he's been able to accomplish, like statistically, you know, on a per game basis with uh, Andy Dalton you know, in that offense, it is very difficult to pass like on a kind of an alpha number one wide receiver uh, at, at that stage of the draft. And I'm like, he'll be, you know, tied to, to Joe Burrow, you know, catching passes from him, who's obviously been on a run, you know, since, um, you know, last season in college, you know, with LSU winning the national championship. So we're going to go with uh, AJ Green here. AJ Green, a 69.93 ADP uh, for NFFC drafts. 100 NFFC drafts that have gone so far this month, just in August. He's been taken as high as 42 and as low as 90. Uh, if I asked you to, if the Yeti asked you to uh, to pick what side of AJ Green you're on, would you be on the pick him high as 42 or pick him low 90 and kind of wait it out? Where, where do you stand on that, Eric? Yeah, I uh, I preferred um, I prefer not to reach, you know, for Green. I just kind of prefer to to try to get him late if if I can. I'm willing to kind of take on some additional risks. It just comes down to how the team is being built, you know, kind of based on how the draft is progressing. But he's a guy I'd rather wait on, take a little bit later. Here's a here's an interesting philosophical question for you. The Yeti says, uh, looking at someone like AJ Green, and there are no preseason games, so we have no idea what's going to happen in terms of his draft capital, where he's going to go. What do you think has to happen for him to climb two rounds in this preseason? Are, are you going to have to see some highlight reel catches on Twitter? Are you just going to have to see him be healthy? Are you going to have to see reports that you know Joe Burrow loves him so much and more than any receiver? What's going to have to happen to have him make that two-round jump that he would have made with like a 135-yard two-touchdown game in preseason week three? Yeah, I believe you're going to have to see you know hype pieces for where the coaching staff or Burrow – Someone within the Bengals organization is hyping him up. I believe that's what it's going to see. It's again, you know, a lot of a lot of people deal with recency bias, and they just remember AJ Green, you know, being injured 
and not being very productive. So that's what it's going to have to take to see that jump. I just don't believe it's going to happen. And I, I think he's going to be readily available. That's there. And even to take it like a step further, if, if you want to, if you want to uh, take action on green and get green, if you're that concerned about the injury, just handcuff him. I think Tyler Boyd's kind of going too high to handcuff uh, green with Tyler Boyd, but it's, it's some other Bengals receivers that are available later, you know, that you could, uh, that you can get like on the cheap, just as a handcuff. If God forbid something does happen to AJ green. All right. So here's, Here's the team so far. Ezekiel Elliott, Lamar Jackson, Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup. We added T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green. And as we enter the seventh round, as you click the draft button on A.J. Green, a bright flash of light comes in through the cave opening. It's blinding. Everything is shaking, including the Yeti's Merlot rack off to the side. Oh, crap, says the Yeti. They're here for you. Let's go. On that note, we got to stop. <laughs> You'll have to come back next week to see what happens to Eric Moody and Yeti Bridgewater and these teams. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> Sorry, man, we ran out of time. We had too much good information. Oh, that, that's that's great. Now you've got me wondering uh, what, what's going to happen. Bright light in the cave. You know, who who, who knows what will happen? My goodness. I know, exa- exactly. Right? <laughs> There's, there are a lot of words. There's a lot coming next week that's going to get super weird, but it's also the later rounds. So also a lot of good advice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric, thanks for being a good sport, man. Or as Mr. X would say, you're probably just the greatest sport that's ever lived of all time. <laughs> oh, no, that, that was good. That, that was very unique. It, it was different. And it's uh, it's good to, you know, when you're it kind of simulates that feeling when you're in a draft where you're on the clock and you got to make decisions quickly. Love it. Yeah, and just be happy that you did drink the Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, really? Okay. Grim end if you didn't. So uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, thank you all for joining us. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this. I know it's a little weird, but uh, we're doing it again next week. So get excited Uh, for the great, wonderful, fantastic, super duper Eric Moody. I'm I'm at I'm at a loss for for words here. You know, I'm still reeling from, you know, this story. My mind is like blown. It's like I just left like Avengers Infinity War in the movie theater. And that ending, I'm just like, you know, stumbling to my car. But no, really good stuff, Nando. Uh, I like the outside the box thinking. Hope all of our uh, listeners out there enjoyed it. If you have any questions, you know, if you're an athletic subscriber, you know, hit me up on the comments. I do my best to respond to each one. If you have any questions on Twitter, hit me up there. I always make it a point to interact as much as I can with my followers there. Everyone have a good rest of the week, and we'll be back later. Shout out to Derek Van Riper, the silent man behind the microphone here. We'll see you next week. We love you all. Thank you very much. Toodaloo.